Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Crystal. Hi. Gerald. Hey. And Marquise. What's up? And we are going to be discussing the question, how do you set your second semester seniors up to win? But before we do that, we've had Gerald here before as a guest, but Marquise, this is your first time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. That's right. I am a Inside Out Groups Director, which is our high school ministry over at North Point Community Church. And uh, I oversee the health and direction of all of the male small groups. So... I just make sure that they're all good to go. That's awesome. Great. And Gerald, you know, you've been here before, but you are particularly cut out for this podcast because of your new book that just came out. I did just write a new book. I did not do that on purpose, which is a funny story. Um, But yeah, I have a a heart for seniors and a heart for students. And uh, hopefully we can do some things to to maybe have some seniors stick with the faith a little bit longer than they have been historically. Okay, wait, can you tell us what you mean by I wrote a book and I didn't do it on purpose? Yeah, so it was our our spring retreat. We had some of our graduated seniors, so freshmen in college, they came uh, to help volunteer. It's 11 o'clock at night. We're done with session and they're hanging out in the hallways. And of course, as a student pastor, you take them to Waffle House. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we go to Waffle House. We're there for a few hours. Uh, it was meant to be a, just a quick check-in. But I started asking them questions like, how did we set you up for success going into college? Where did we miss the mark? How did we fail you going into college? Um, what are some big takeaways, some things that you've learned? And then how, how is your faith right now? Like, how is your relationship with Jesus look? And we talked for about two, three hours uh, just about some of those questions. And I got in the car at the end of the conversation and just wrote down a list of, of some of the things that they said um, to potentially share those with the seniors that were in our ministry that year. And so I wrote them down, shared those with the seniors, 10 ideas to share with them, um, shared them. It seemed to go over well, seemed to be helpful to them. And so I started writing out those ideas to give as a graduation gift to my seniors before they left to go to college. And I got to the end of it and thought, maybe maybe I could do something with this. Maybe this is more than just a, a gift. And so I had some of the college students uh, actually write letters to go into this now book um, and then brought it over to Orange and you guys did your orange magic on it and then made it look real good. And so, yeah, it's we out put before a you nice. cover on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, it is, it is awesome and we can get into the conversation, but I'm so excited about this book coming out because my small group is in 11th grade and yes. next year, guess what? Everybody's getting for graduation. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I before love it. You don't go. wait until graduation. Get before it at the beginning of the yeah. senior year. Let's, yeah. oh, let's set them up to perfect. win early. So yeah. That's good. Well, let's start with the question of just kind of what is the problem with second semester senior? Like, how are they not winning? What is the kind of tension that we're facing when they get to their second semester senior year? What are you guys seeing in your youth student ministries? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the natural tensions that most of us as student pastors face is that our students have been a part of our ministry for, if you've been, if you have middle and high school together for seven years, mm-hmm. uh, if you have just high school for four years, right? And so senioritis is a real thing. It's not mm-hmm. medically diagnosed, but it's mm-hmm. a real thing. Yes. Uh, and so seniors get to second semester of senior year and they they start quitting everything. They start quitting yeah. on friendships. They start quitting on school. They barely show up anymore. Uh, and unfortunately, church falls into that category of things mm-hmm. that senioritis affects. And so a lot of times we see seniors just stop attending and unfortunately, Unfortunately, as they stop attending, that kind of behavior and that pattern carries over in the first semester of college. And before you know it, they're 25, 30 years old, about to have their first kid and going, I think it's time for me to go back to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that's the tension that we're all facing is that they've been a part of something for so long that it's easy to just check out and give up. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's that it's weird because they're also getting to that point where they're getting ready to be adults and mm-hmm. out of the house and all of that stuff is taking place, mm-hmm. but they're still in the confines of school every day and they have to go, you know, they're still under uh, their parents' household, all these different things where they're still treated as someone who's a high schooler, but life is getting ready to open up real quick. Mm-hmm. And in a few months, they're going to be 18 years old and uh, life's going to open up and they're going to be figuring out, hey, what's next? What am I going to mm-hmm. do? So they're in that weird, weird spot where yeah. they're almost graduated. They're almost looked at as an adult. Mm-hmm. They're basically looked at as an adult by you know their parents and peers, but at the same time, they still have that convenience and comfort yeah. from high school world and being a high school student. Yeah. So it kind of feels like with Gerald, what you were saying, it starts with it as an attendance problem. Yeah. You know, they mm. just stop showing up and then it kind of transitions into a faith crisis a yeah. little bit in college. And then with what you're saying, Marquise, it's, it's the transition into adulthood. So it's all of these factors kind of combined Absolutely. that create a perfect storm a little bit mm-hmm. with what have you seen, Crystal, in your experience? I mean, with students that I've led, really often I see them start asking the question in second semester, is this still for me? Mm-hmm. Because they're thinking about different so things. True. They're worrying about different things. Life looks different. And we're still teaching to them and to freshmen. And we're yes. still teaching to sophomores. And so they kind of have a legitimate point sometimes when they go, yeah. this isn't as helpful as it used to be yeah. for me. And mm-hmm. I don't think that this is for me on that. And, and on add to that, in the second semester of senior year, the, it becomes like every event is at this time is the last it's time. The last. So uh, yes. this yeah, game is the last game. This dance is the last dance. This yeah. prom is the last prom. And that's going to lead kids to some not great decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you add guilt to a sense of <laughs> this is not for me, to a sense of this is going to end anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah. it just makes it more convenient to not yeah. come back. And as a result, I mean, Christianity Today says 70% of young adults drop out of church after high school. Wow. So we're, we're talking seven out of every 10 of our students mm-hmm. will not be attending church in a lot of cases will not be following Jesus mm-hmm. yep. because of mm-hmm. all of those factors that mm-hmm. we just talked yep. about. It's crazy. Well, I think that's interesting that we, what we bring up is part of it is um, stage of life and what's a normal kind of phase development. But also when they're asking, is this for me still? Mm-hmm. And if they're leaving, how much of that is our responsibility and how we're running our mm-hmm. ministries? So what what's yeah. natural in terms of their development? And what's, what are we doing to contribute to it? Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we do contribute to it because programming-wise, it we do have to think towards the middle. And when we right. think about events and when we think about programming, when we think about, we're not yeah. always thinking about yeah. a second semester senior. Right. We're thinking about whoever's in the middle. And then there's this moment that has always bothered me. It's bothered me since I was a senior in high school when it's their last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And oh, we hand them a Bible and we yeah. say good luck and we don't tell them what's next or who's next. Yeah. And it's, you know, as we travel and we talk to to churches and particularly to students who are Christians in college, mm-hmm. one of the things that they have said to us consistently is they've never felt more abandoned by their church yeah. than they did on Senior Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it, for us, it's like a celebration and for them, it's like a yes. divorce. Yes. Yeah. And so, so that true. can be really painful. And if you're already carrying a lot of stuff... It's understandable why you wouldn't come back. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is on us, just in the way that we program high school ministry Mm -hmm. sometimes. It could be that we start ninth grade and we're done senior year. Mm -hmm. Where I think, and this is where Gerald's book is so good, I think that it sets you up for not just ninth grade, but it's ninth grade and beyond. Mm -hmm. And it tells you how to set yourself up for life and talks about what, what it looks like to you know, set yourself up to win after graduation, right. after mm-hmm. Senior Sunday. When we pray over you, give you a Bible. In our case, we give them laundry bags and say, keep it clean on the side of I them. I love that. 
So I think, you know, you can take that however you want, but it's uh, it's an awesome little gift for them. But for them, they're just like, all right, it, it's over. Yeah. When in reality, it's just beginning. Yeah, right. I think if you step back to a philosophical level, right, like one of the misconceptions that I had coming into student ministry is that salvation is a finish line. Mm-hmm. And so when you That's look so at true. ministry or when you look at students through that perspective, they get saved sophomore year. Yeah. At that point, you haven't really thought about what to do for them, yes. what's mm-hmm. next for them. And so by senior year, if you're in a church where most of your students have decided to follow Jesus by senior year, I mean, that's the hope, right? Is that they right. decide to follow Jesus before they graduate. But when we look at that as the finish line, mm. well, then they think they're done. And we think we're done. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. think we've done enough. And so one of the things that I've learned in recent years is that salvation is not a finish line. It's a starting line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And life truly begins at that point. And so what does it look like to, to create a ministry or to program in a way or to create systems and structures that are meant to help students develop a lifelong relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, let's get them to meet Jesus in high school mm-hmm. and then call mm-hmm. it quits. We did our job. You know? yeah. Well, and I think we've That's had right, yeah. podcasts where we've talked about this before that we have a metric problem in student ministry when we focus more on mm-hmm. numbers, whether that is so salvations true. or mm-hmm. number of people mm-hmm. attending yes. events yeah. instead of a di- discipleship mentality where if you have discipleship, then there's not going to be a finish line. Discipleship's anywhere. hard to measure. It's hard yeah. to measure. Yeah, it right. is. That's so right. true. But that's what we almost have to change our way of talking about discipleship if we're going to see people beyond senior year. Yep. Totally. And the commitment as a small group leader Mm -hmm. as well, that doesn't end senior year. We tell our leaders it's a four-year commitment, but it's not. It's a lifelong commitment. Okay. So what would you recommend? How would you set up a small group leader if you're saying you're you're committing to four years, but what what are we really wanting them to commit to? Like ideal situation, what would you say to them? I want them to take four years to build such a great relationship that when crap hits the fan for their college student, they're the first person they call. Or that Mm -hmm. when they meet the person they want to marry, their leader's one of the first people they call. And so the four years to me is an investment. It's giving guidance and direction. But hopefully, I mean, the the biggest wins that I've seen as as a student pastor are not anything that's happened in our student ministry, it's looking at pictures on Instagram mm-hmm. of small group leaders who are standing mm-hmm. as groomsmen in their, right. in their former students' weddings. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the win, is that yeah. there's built this four years, a lot of relationship uh, to grow that they have a mentor to walk through life with them. Right. You know? Yep, that's so good. At, to that point, I recently seen a uh, episode. Uh, it was this football coach. It was a documentary, mm-hmm. and it was this legendary football coach, and he was talking about how people would always come up to him and say, how's the football team looking this year? Like, you know, how, how do you measure if your team is good? And he said, I don't know if my team is going to be good this year. I know they're going to be good when they're 30 years old, hmm. when they're 25 years old, when they're off outside of again, the confines and convenience mm-hmm. of yeah. a college campus and they're winning at life. Yeah. And that's how I judge my football way. team. And so I don't know how good, good we are him. this year. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I don't know how, how good we are this year. And he, he was looking for like a sports answer. Like we right, got a great right. quarterback. And he was like, I don't know how good we are this year. We're going to find out in 15 years when their parents yeah. and they have friends and they have community. How are they as citizens yeah. in this world? That's so good. What a great really coach. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. It seems like you get people to sign up for the responsibility part of the four years, but yeah. you're hoping that the relationship is solidified enough by the end that it's not a have to anymore. It's a, this is just a natural kind of way to keep up with a person. So, good. Yeah. so I messed this up so bad in my first small group. <laughs> <laughs> you tell? So bad. Yeah. So we got through the four years and we, we showed up on the last night of their last yeah. small group and I had already signed up for a ninth grade group starting in the fall. <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, it was special. We told each other all the things oh, yeah. we liked about each other. Mm-hmm. And they said, awesome. Where are we meeting next week? Mm. And then I said, oh, 
oh, I don't, I don't think you realize this is it. Um, like this is, we're yeah. not meeting yep. together anymore. And one started to cry. Yep. <laughs> then they all started yep. to cry. Yep. Uh-huh. Then I started to right. cry. Yeah. Yeah. I realized in that moment they had, for whatever reason, you would think logically that they would see that that's got, they had no idea, no idea. that yeah. that was coming. And it made yeah. sense because all those years I had told them this is a permanent relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was saying, well, never mind. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, only signed up for four years. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so the, the line that I say now, and I may be worn out by the time I die, <laughs> is <laughs> you're mine today, you're mine tomorrow, and you'll be mine for the rest of your life. Mm. And oh, that's okay. what we say to them Come now on. is... The day you graduate, you're still mine. We're not going to meet next week. I love it. But you're still in my small group. Like, that's right. not going to change when you're 80 years old yeah, and I'm yeah. 84. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting on what the yeah, next, what the next number was going to be. 80 and... Where is it? Oh, my gracious. Time changes when you're old, guys. Yes, that's right. Okay. But aside, aside from my age, I, I do have a legitimate question. And I was kind of wondering what you guys thought about it because I'm thinking about it. Um, I keep hearing church leaders talk about a fifth year kind of a victory lap for the small group leader where they go all four years with a group and then they take the fifth year off from the ministry and they help transition their kids to a college small group, to a young adult small group, wherever they are in life. Yeah. Have you seen that happen? And what do you think about it? Is it effective? Is it not? And this is just from a like mentorship uh, level, not like a weekly, monthly meetup. It's not meet a up. weekly meetup. No, right. it's yeah. really just staying in contact with them, going to visit, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've not, I've not seen it. Um, yeah. I think the natural tension that you're going to feel there, right, is like you're a ministry leader. You're, if you're listening, you're probably a high school or middle school leader. And every year you have to recruit small group leaders. And so it's hard when you are watching some of your best leaders. Like any leader who is willing to take a fifth year, you're like, gosh, I could use I you with this yeah. next semester in class. Like it would be really helpful yeah. Yeah. if you came <laughs> yes. back. That's a good point. Um, so I think in theory, it's a good idea. And it could work in some context, right? Like if, if you have enough quality leaders that you could do that, I think you should shoot for it. Um, I would hope that there's a way to do both. Like, mm-hmm. is there a way to still check in with your girls or your guys who are in college and do like Thanksgiving when they're all back in town, maybe mm-hmm. get together, get together Christmas yeah. when they're all back in town, get together during the summer and still have a new group. Maybe that's possible. Yeah. Is it possible maybe to even take your ninth graders with you? Some of them to go meet some of the girls that are in college or some of the guys that that's are in oh, college. That's and such go, a good idea. Hey, like it's still yeah. possible, you know, like, uh, maybe cast vision that way. So I don't know. I think in theory it could work. I also understand the tension that a student pastor is feeling right now of going, oh, but I need them. Uh, yeah, I need them to come back. So yeah. That's a good point. Those are great ideas, especially for after they've graduated. But what about the student pastors who have seniors right now? What can we start mm. doing for them currently that we're on you know, their first semester of their senior year? Some of these things are going to be unavoidable, right? I mean, yeah. things are going to start coming up attendance-wise. They may not be able to be there. But what are the things that we do have control over that we can help youth pastors do with their seniors? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think before you get into specific strategy, I mean, you could talk about pulling seniors out and doing something different for them every week. That's a great um, idea. One of the things that we do is uh, all of our seniors participate in large group during worship and hosting and games. And then during content, they leave for a separate talk mm-hmm. to talk about things that are specific to them. So there's uh, there's ideas around that. There's a monthly, you could do a monthly Bible study. You could pull your, I mean, there's a lot of different, strategically, there's a lot of different things that you could do. Yeah. I think I would step back and go, what are some questions that seniors need answered before they leave? And I think there's questions really in three buckets that'll help students be prepared for what's ahead or what's mm-hmm. next. The three buckets I would say are sound theology, 
our true ownership and our authentic community mm -hmm. is if a student can graduate and figure out um, where to find great community. If a student graduates and gets into college and they really have ownership of their faith, they know what they believe and mm -hmm. why they believe it. And then they have sound theology that is not going to be destroyed by a professor as soon as they walk into the first religion class or the first mm -hmm. philosophy class. I think that we've then set them up to win. So I would say, yeah, if we can figure out some questions that students need answered in those three categories, we could, we mm -hmm. could really set them up to win well. So. And kind of, I mean, I know you mentioned this as a joke, Marquise, when you said you give them the laundry bags, yeah. but also I do feel like there's something to be said for really helping them be set up to win practically when yeah. it comes to transitioning into this adulthood. Absolutely. So there are these things, it's theologically and that sort of thing, yeah. but just how are you going to handle your finances when you're in charge yeah. of your own credit card and Absolutely. you're living on your own? Like these little things that the church can also help partner with them when you pull the seniors out as well. Absolutely. No, I definitely do agree that there are some practical things that we mm -hmm. can equip students with. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, when I sat at the Waffle House with those students, like mm -hmm. two years ago, we did some finance things yeah. with our students. And they looked at me and said, Gerald, you gave me friends from, from sixth grade through senior year. All of my Christian friends came from my small group. I got to college. I didn't know how to make friends. Like the finance thing was great. I don't have any money. So it doesn't really help me. Yeah. What, what I need is like, how do I make friends? How do I find Christian friends? How do I, how do I make good decisions? Like, what if I mess this thing up? What if I went to a party and screwed up? So I think there's some practical things we can give them. But a lot of times I think some of the adult skills that we think they need aren't really things that are very helpful to mm -hmm. them in that first semester. Now in life, absolutely, right? Like I know some grown adults who don't know how to balance their own checkbook mm -hmm. or how to yeah. keep up with their finances. And that's a sad thing. Um, but sometimes I wonder if it's more the responsibility of a parent to do that. And if there's some other practical things that we could help students with um, their first semester of college. Mm -hmm. Gerald, one of the big three that you mentioned, can you remind me what the big three are? Yes, sound theology, mm -hmm. true ownership of their faith, and authentic community. Where do you find authentic community? Finding authentic community. That's the one that really stuck out to me because last year I met I met a 94-year-old small group leader. It was one That's of my amazing. favorite wow. moments of the year. He had been he had been a small group leader for 20 years, and I was like, have there been small groups for 20 years? <laughs> yeah. I guess. There's a pioneer. Wow. Mr. Pioneer. Dave is in it. And he said to me, did you know that if a kid doesn't find community in the first 72 hours of college, mm -hmm. they never will? Yep. Now, I have no idea if Mr. Dave made that up. Like, zero <laughs> right, idea. Yeah. When you're 94, you can say what you That's can. right. That's right. People believe. But I, I thought about it for a second because at first that sounded ridiculous. And then I thought about college orientation mm -hmm. is about 72 hours. And if you don't connect with other believers during college orientation, you're going to connect with somebody. Yep. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, finding, yeah. teaching them to find other believers, which is difficult yeah. at college orientation is a yeah. really big deal. Yep. Yeah. Well, Very I think true. that's an interesting point. What you said, they have, you have to learn how to make friends. I mean, if yeah. they've mm -hmm. stayed in these groups for as long as they have, and they're, or they've never moved or they've been yeah. to the same high school, middle school, whatever their entire lives. Now they're in a completely new environment and it's, that's hard to yeah. figure out how right. to do that. Yeah. And not just friends, but also mentors. One yeah. of the things that, that I've been talking to my girls about is your whole life. You've had ment mentors assigned to you. Every teacher was assigned to you. Every coach was assigned right. to you. And that's to right. be fair, I was assigned to you, but in a year, no one will ever be assigned to you again. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. got to develop the skill of going and asking people, can you speak into my life? Can you give me wise advice yep. and figuring out who those people should be? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Well, these are great tips. 
on what to do for seniors and how to keep them, what it seems like engaged and keep showing up, right? Yeah. It means that we're answering questions that they're subconsciously asking themselves. Mm-hmm. So what, what are some of the things that we're doing for them to keep them showing up? Yeah, I think anytime you know that there's something for you, you're more mm-hmm. likely to show up for it, right? And mm-hmm. so for three years, they've gone, this is for all of high school. So I guess as a senior, this is still for me, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like it is mm-hmm. anymore. So anytime that we can go, hey, we've created this specific thing. We're only talking about issues that we think apply to you that are going to prepare you for what's ahead. Um, I do think hopefully it's a way to engage them. to go, yeah. This is only for you. We're not going to talk to freshmen in this. Yeah. We're going to put on our big boy pants and big girl pants and talk about things mm-hmm. that, that really matter as you guys get yeah. ready for what's next. Yeah. So. And I also think that, um, and hopefully we've done this early on, that we've given them ownership of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have a high school internship program yeah. where we can't get all of our students to be high school interns, Good. but we do have four interns who come to uh, work every single day and they're doing stuff for uh, Inside yeah. Out, which is the name of our student ministry. They do stuff for that. So yeah. they're leading up to Sunday right along with us. They were yeah. like, all right, who's hosting? Who's doing what? We need to go to Costco. We need to do this. And they're right there with us and they have ownership. So it's almost like they have to show up because you know, if I don't show up, right. who is? Like, yeah. this is mm-hmm. my role. People are counting within the ministry. Yeah. That's yep. good. yeah, some level of exclusivity is always good. Yes. If there's something that's only for seniors, whether it's an internship, mm-hmm. whether it's a separate Bible study, whether it's a... Yep. You know, college, we call our our program college prep, yep. whether it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we just started doing senior teams. So we have a greeting team, a hosting team, a prayer team, and a behind-the-scenes team yeah. that all meet. And the scene, there is a senior who's appointed that leads that team, and only seniors can be on those teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when students walk in the doors for the first time, the people who are holding first-time signs and going, we're glad you're here, are seniors. And yep. only seniors are allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, the behind-the-scenes team goes, hey, we're going to get face paint. We're doing a whiteout at Inside Out on right. Sunday. And so they call all the seniors. Seniors and go come early. We got face paint, and all of the younger students are looking at the seniors, seniors going, "Oh, that right. looks awesome! I can't wait until I'm a senior to get to I'm do that." To do that. that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think those are all ways that we can help them engage. That's helpful because I think there's probably a lot of youth ministries listening that are smaller or they don't have a lot of staff right. to necessarily pull off a separate senior event, pulling them out to do um, yeah. you know talking about different things. But when you can enlist the help of seniors, whether that's doing shopping for things or doing this sort of thing at the actual environment, it make that's possible no matter what size of your student right. ministry. Yeah. You can yeah. pull that off. Absolutely. I think one of the things that also kept or is, is keeping our seniors engaged. And I don't think, I don't know if every church can do this, but we have a senior only mission trip. Okay. And I went on that this past year, yeah. uh, this past summer. I went to Costa Rica with 60 seniors and yeah. I think it changes the game. Like it yeah. has set them up for this new school year to say, when we walk in, I literally know 59 new other people yeah. in my senior class that I did not know. And there's just a level of, and we all know this, there's a level of you know relational yep. equity that is gained sure. on a mission trip that yep. you just can't find anywhere, anywhere else. And so for the rest of this senior year, they are bought in. I mean, we're still going on Costa Rica dinners yeah, and, yeah. and you know going to people's yeah. houses and hanging out. So it's just, it's so awesome to see them like, hey, this trip changed my life and I can now stay engaged mm-hmm. because I met 59 new different people that I did not know yeah. before good. this summer mission yeah, trip. That's really good. That's really so. good. Tell me how you guys see parents playing into this role when it comes to helping seniors win in their second semester. So one of the things that I noticed when I was teaching in the classroom is second semester seniors something happens at home (laughs) and it is brutal. And (laughs) and usually this is just my observation. This is not scientific. Same gender parents. That's it. They just blow up. So moms and daughters 
all of a sudden no they're fighting addicts. like they've never fought before. <laughs> Dads and sons yes. all of a sudden. Okay. And a lot of it is just this disassociation, this yes. separation. Neither side knows if it's appropriate, if it's okay, but they know just how they feel about question, it. side question, does mm-hmm. it happen with the opposite gender parent earlier or later? Like, how does that, have you... I have no idea. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. so just like curious because I have sons. I just want to know. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, go on. I've, I haven't seen it with opposite gender parents as ferociously yeah. as I see it with same gender parents. Yeah. And it's just everybody's freaking out, especially for a parent who's never been through this before. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They don't know what behavior is normal for a senior. Yes. They don't know yeah. what to expect or... You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of parents who said, I know they're supposed to be an adult after this, but I know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> and they're, so true. So all of a sudden yeah. they're like, I need to beat the responsibility into their brains. And, right. and it just creates a lot of havoc at home. And this is one of the first times I feel like I see parents reaching back out to people serving their teenagers. Interesting. Um, yeah. Whereas they may not have shown yeah. up at a parent meeting during 10th grade, but now it's okay. like, Oh, I'll talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. questions. <laughs> like, yeah. How do we how do we wow. get through this? So as the church, I think one of the best things we can do is have a senior parent meeting and just set right. them up. Hey, here's what's going to be great this year. Here's what's going to be hard this year. And this is yeah. done early on, like in the beginning of their senior year. I would do it early on. I would agree. To that. I yeah. would do it early yeah. on. And I would invite people probably from the local school mm-hmm. um, in addition to small group leaders who've led seniors and pastors who've led seniors and just give parents a heads up. This is what this is going to look like. Yeah. And this is why it's so important they keep coming. Right. Right. Statistically, yeah. they won't want to encourage them. This is well, why it's still It important. almost seems like you would need to do it early on and then again when they actually feel the tension Maybe second so. semester. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know that they would necessarily show up if that doesn't hasn't hit the fan yet. Something changes at Christmas yeah. of senior year yes. when everybody around the table realizes this is the last year it's going to be just like this. Yeah. Yep. And oh. then Ooh. everybody. <laughs> oh, <went down>. oh. <laughs> so bad. That's good. That's really helpful. Yeah, that's so true. I think a, a good thing for parents to remember in all of this too. So if there are any parents listening to this, you're still the parent. Yes. You're still the parent. They yeah. haven't left the house yet. Yeah. They're not independent yet. They're yes. not in college yet. And so that last semester their faith is critical and their relationship with you is critical. And so you get to decide. They at the end of the day, there's my mom always, my parents would always say, my dad would always say, if you're under my house, you follow my rules. Mm-hmm. You're under my roof, yeah. you follow my rules. And so Gerald, they're still like, under the roof. Say it like your dad would say. No, no. Yeah, please. This is, this is my adopted dad, not my after okay. dad. Oh, okay. All right. I was not under his roof. Yeah. Uh, but if you're under the roof, you're under the rules. And so you can still dictate, hey, you're going to, uh, you're going to, Small group. Yep. You're going to show up. That's you're going to go to youth that group is- still. Absolutely. Hey, you're going to still treat me with respect in this yeah. house. And I love you. And I'm going to give you more independence. And I'm going to give you more responsibility. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you still hold the keys right. until, they're, until they're gone. Until they're but adults. that's a good so. point because they are transitioning into adulthood. So there is going to be a natural tension there that they're going to want to start pulling away. Yeah. Bef- maybe before they're ready. So that tension's mm-hmm. normal. Nothing's wrong with you and your relationship necessarily. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to just also state right here, if there's any parent listening, yeah. we don't want to use the high school ministry as a punishment to take it oh, away from good. them. Yes. Oh, so some Come parents on. say, okay, well, you love Inside Out. We're, me and you are arguing. You're not going yeah. tonight. You better not go preach it. Come on. And, I got grounded from church as a kid. And you cannot Terrible. use church as punishment or the, the lack thereof right. because this is something that they love. And if they're running to the church, 
this is where you want them to run to. Right. And so if they're finding community and they're, you know, they're acting out, we can, you know, reprimand them in different ways, but the church is not the one thing we want to take away from. This is where they need to lean in. Well, and it subconsciously sends a message, right? Like that honestly, I hadn't thought about until this moment. What you were saying is yes. you did something wrong, so you can't go to you church. Can't go, oh, yeah. You can't go to community. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, what does that say to an adult who when their parents aren't around who goes, Ugh, I just I did some. I went to that thing. I went mm. to that party. I talked yep. to that person. I right. did that thing. I said I would never do. Uh, well, anytime I did something bad at home, I was told I wasn't supposed to go to church. church. So I guess since I did something bad, God's mad at me, and I can't go can't bad. Go mm-hmm. And that's the exact opposite of what yep. we want. So that's really good. That's, good. that's really good. good. That's a really good point. So how would you say you know when it comes to partnering with parents? Obviously, we need to do that. How would a small group leader do that? Not just the person mm. who's in charge of the ministry, but how would you see small group leaders? maybe even initiating the conversations with the parents and not just the youth pastors? Well, I think small group leaders can share only what they know with uh-huh. parents, right? And sometimes uh-huh. they're they're like, I'm not sure because this is my first senior year with these girls. This is right. my first senior year with these guys. And so one of the things that I think is really, really helpful for small group leaders is to just share other contacts with the parents of, mm-hmm. hey, there's a parent night coming up at our church. I want to make sure you know about it and I'm going to be there and I'd love to meet you there. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, they're doing this thing at the school. Or, hey, I heard somebody say that during senior year, a lot of people stopped coming to church. And I just wanted to put that out there for you parents, because I know that a lot of small group leaders out there feel the pressure of, I don't know. Yeah. What should I say? Yeah. Yeah. And so there never be afraid to connect them to a resource that's not you. You don't have to know. I think there's a lot of freedom in small group leaders and parents both knowing that the other one's not the expert in this, that it's their first senior year experience with their child as a small group leader, like you Mm -hmm. said, or as a parent in both situations. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of small group leaders, do you see that part of the problem in losing our second semester seniors is that we're also losing the engagement of our small group leaders? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. I think it's interesting to me as a groups director to see grown men and women also have senioritis. Yeah, like yes. They go through the same waves of yeah. emotion as a student does. So their freshman year, they're excited. Sophomore year, yeah. it's good. <laughs> junior year, things are kind of, you know, tapering off or whatever's right. happening in junior year. But then senior year, after Christmas, top of January, we have a, you know, a spring retreat at our church. So right after our retreat, which is in mm-hmm. February, it's almost like everything then is just like, I'm checked out. I don't know if I'm showing up every now and then, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so it's really interesting to see uh, grownups also go through that senioritis (laughs) phase. But one thing that we're always in our leaders is to hold the line, like just Mm -hmm. hold the line. Although, you know, the end, you know, uh, senior Sunday is not the end. Mm -hmm. We're saying these are some critical last three and four months that the Mm -hmm. students get ready ready to go through. So you just got to hold the line. And one of our last, you know, uh, plans of, you know, discipleship at our church is is to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it is all seniors to step up. And so okay. we always are telling our senior leaders and students, now is the time to step up. I know you're tired. I know you've already gone to the retreats. You've almost heard all these messages we're going to right. give. <laughs> But we need you to hold the line because this this time right now is very, very crucial. And that doesn't guarantee that the students are going to show up. Yeah, yeah but, it doesn't. but it does send a message, right? So an example, we had a small group leader named Autumn. Autumn's actually on staff with Rethink. Oh, yep. And she, senior year, jumped into a group that was struggling. She would show up each and every Sunday, every Sunday, yeah. without fail. She's the best. None of the mm. girls would show up. And so she would sit in the back of the room. And she would take notes on the message and she would send it out to the group every single week. And did it change the girls attending? No. Mm -hmm. But it sent a message. And the message is this, is Autumn's going to show up for us every single time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so 
I promise you, when one of those girls runs into an issue, the first person that they're going to know yeah. they can call is the person who showed up for them, even when they wouldn't show up for her. Yeah. Um, and so wow. I think it's it's super important uh, that our leaders show up consistently because so many students have inconsistent people in their life as is, and mm-hmm. they don't yep. need another person. And you so. never know that one particular Sunday, that one particular Sunday where they're like, I know group is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, whack or nobody, somebody's not going to show up yeah. or something that they're just feeling. I got homework. I got something else to do. And there may be that one student in the group that's like, I need today. Like, yeah. I absolutely mm-hmm. need this ministry today. I need this community. I need to listen to this leader. I need to talk to this leader. Mm-hmm. And so you just never know what Sunday is going to bring. And yeah. so we're always encouraging our, our leaders to be consistent and to continue yeah. to show yeah. up because when you do that, you just never know what's going to happen. And I believe Autumn, although this may not have been that story, she was in position for somebody to yeah. come into that room yeah. and say, hey, last night I did this. Hey, yeah. this week all hell broke loose. Yeah. And, you know, and she was there for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can great. I can I just make this really practical? Yeah. Uh, I would suggest that you tell your senior small group leaders to never ask the question, "Are you guys coming this Sunday?" Yes. Ooh. And yes. every week say, "I will see you at whatever time you're." <laughs> Tell me why. Yes. Yeah. Because the second that you ask if they're coming, you have now given them permission to say no. no. Mm-hmm. And what they and what they're hearing, and this is honestly might be what you're mm-hmm. saying, is that if we don't come, they're not going to come. Yeah. And that's not the yeah. message we want to send. Mm-hmm. The message we want to send is, I'm going to be there for you whether you show up or not. Okay. So I will see you at 4.30 or I'll see you on yeah. Wednesday night or I'll see mm-hmm. you Whenever. whether they show up yeah. or not. That's, that's great. So, good. so we talked a little bit about changing the finish line to go beyond graduation a little bit and not necessarily taking a fifth year victory mm-hmm. lap and losing that, but but continuing that contact. So what would that look like practically? Like if, the, mm-hmm. if someone goes away to college and they're not close by anymore. And what does a really practical relationship look like and some touch points from that next year with a small group leader and student? Well, I think you have to, in some ways, automate it and remind yourself that that's going to happen. Yeah. I would love to think I'm going to call or text right. them every week and yep. I'll just remember to do that. And, you know, they'll be at the top of my prayer list every right. week. Right. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen if it's not on my calendar and I don't mm-hmm. set a reminder to make that happen. There's so, nothing less spiritual about setting a reminder. I know it. I know. In <laughs> fact, so one of my true. girls right now, she just moved to California. She's mm-hmm. not connected to her next church yet because she's mm-hmm. just been there since the summer. And so there's a reminder a couple times a week on my calendar to just text her Yeah. yeah. because I'll get busy and I'll forget. And she's right. no less important because my schedule is busy. So I think it's the same when we have a senior, we've got to remind ourselves to keep talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. good. One of the things that we also did at our church was we senior year, we were like, Hey, we're tired of just saying, all right, give them the laundry bag. And that was it. And saying goodbye to them. So what we did was we put their pictures in all the hallway. Uh, We just hung them up and Uh said, Hey, uh, we'd love to part. We talked to our congregation and said, Hey, we'd love to partner with you guys. We want you guys to partner with us and praying for, and just connecting with our seniors as they go off to college uh, after this senior Sunday. So on senior Sunday, uh, we put those pictures up. Mm -hmm. We said, we'd love you guys to partner with us. And we did it in a real tactful way. We didn't like give out numbers and numbers and we made sure there were guidelines, you Mm -hmm. know, in place. But at the same time, uh, there were couples that reached out to students and said, hey, this is going to be my senior that I'm praying for and that I reach out to and send a care package to uh, every so often. Mm -hmm. So they would send care packages every quarter, once a quarter, and then they would text at least once a month to say, hey, I'm praying for you. Is there anything that you need? And 10 times out of 10, a college student needs something Something. while they're at college. (laughs) Noodles and noodles. Something. (laughs) So just throwing that out there, you know, if you're a student pastor and you're thinking of creative ways to continue to connect with students uh, in this second semester, 
thinking of that idea for, you know, your last senior Sunday saying, you know what, I'd love for the congregation to partner with us in this and yeah. getting connected with students. I love the off. idea of engaging the, the adults in the church. You don't yeah. necessarily have kids in student ministry, yep. yeah. but a way for them to pay attention to the people outside of their own age group and yeah. life stage. And that's, that's really, really a unifying, I, I would think. Well, and there's something to be said for the message of you're not not part of us because you've gone Absolutely. off to college. That's You're right. just as much a part of the family. Absolutely. Yeah. I I do, think, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I do think too, uh, where Crystal talked about partnering with parents, mm-hmm. like this is where you really see it play out. I remember getting a phone call from one of the guys that I led uh, their small group um, from his mom saying, hey, they just he just broke up with his girlfriend and they dated all throughout high school. It's probably really hard. Do you mind reaching out? And then there's also times that I've heard things from my guys that I've, I went, mm-hmm. ah, like they're their parents probably need to know this. And it's not even like confidential. It's just yeah. one of those things that they're so busy that they Absolutely. wouldn't even think to tell yeah. mom and dad. Yeah. And so I think that's part of where the relationship you know, comes in because they're, they're going to communicate with their parents and hopefully they'll communicate with us. And we can then know like, oh, this is a good season where they really need me to be more intentional. And then another thing you could do is just get their address freshman year, yes. like Marquise was saying, uh, members of the church can do it, but also a small group leaders just yeah. to send a small little gift or a note, a letter, yep. a handwritten letter. I know no one does that in 2018 anymore, <laughs> but because no one does it, it makes it's it that much so more much special. Better, you know? right? It does. Um, or, you know, mail them a copy of Before You Go. Just there shameless plug. Shameless plug. Let's go. Had to do it. Let's go. <laughs> so, Gerald, that's perfect because in your book, like you mentioned earlier, you've talked about these three buckets, the things that you want to make sure that students are equipped with before they go. So tell me a little bit more about what are we doing specifically in second semester to set our seniors up to win? Yeah. So the three buckets aren't in the actual book, um, but all 10 of the ideas fall Fall into one of those three buckets. And really what our idea is, at least at, at our church, is, hey, can we answer questions that fall into these three buckets that students have these answers going in. Mm -hmm. So a really clear example, uh, chapter one of the book, the question is, uh, why do you love Jesus? Mm-hmm. Love Jesus more than your church. Here's the here's the tension that's been created is as a student pastor, our job is to create an environment that students love and want to attend so that they can grow in a relationship with their heavenly father. Right. As a result, our students fall in love with our student ministry. That's not a bad thing, right? Like that means that we've done our job. The problem with that is then they leave and they go to first semester of college and they don't have our student ministry anymore. Right. So then they go, well, there's, there's nothing that looks like the thing that I used to go to. So I guess I just don't go to church. And because I don't go to church, then I don't really read my Bible or have quiet times or devotionals. And now that I'm not doing any of that, I find myself disconnected. And now I'm wondering, am I even a Christian? Do I believe in Jesus? Right. What, like, what does this look like, right? And so one of the questions around true ownership is going, hey, why do you love Jesus? And what does a relationship with Jesus look like for you? And what does it look like for you to develop some quiet time with him? How do you best connect with him, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, answering those questions that a student who goes to another college can then go, well, I, don't, I may not have my youth group, but I have Jesus. I have a relationship with him and I know what it looks like to connect with him. And so even if I'm not attending my youth group, I at least still have my faith, right? Yeah. Um, another super practical thing. Hey, adult service is your service. Guess what? Newsflash, you're an adult now. Mm-hmm. And so you're waiting for a college ministry or for a youth ministry. 
you're an adult. That's adult right. service is your service. So yep. what you should do is go and get as much out of it as you possibly can. Write some stuff down that may not apply to you now that will hopefully apply to you later mm -hmm. um, and start taking those things to, to help you continue to follow and grow in your relationship. And it's easy Jesus. now. You don't so. you, podcasts and you can find stuff online to listen to if you can't necessarily yeah. find a church that you love listening to whoever it is. But also getting plugged in somewhere, serving, yeah. you know, having someone depend on you, I would mm -hmm. think would be important too. Yeah, I love the idea of senior small groups going to adult church together. Yeah, mm -hmm. for a while, like yeah. just to get used to the idea of this is, this is where we're going, but we'll start together. Yeah, yeah. that's, you good. Know? that's, that's really good. good. Phenomenal. Also, I love the quote, "Love Jesus more than your church." Yeah. So that may end up. Who on said a that? Church. Was that Gerald Fetty? That was Gerald Fetty. Before you go, tweetable uh, moment. <laughs> He wrote before you go, people. Make sure you go out and get that. Uh, all right, we're done. But I also, <laughs> but I also remember that we, uh, me and uh, Gerald were talking one day about seniors, and this was a couple years ago. And you, Gerald, was slightly frustrated, and we you know we we're just talking about like you know what's wrong. He was like, I just don't feel like our senior leaders are setting our seniors up to win. And he was like, I would love to see, and we didn't talk about this before the podcast, yeah. but you were like, I would love to see our small group, our senior small group leaders, sit down with our students and say, Where are you going next year? Where's the church in that community? Mm -hmm. Let's start emailing them, talking to them and saying, hey, I'm from so-and-so mm -hmm. you know, church. I'm from this city and I'm getting ready to go to school in your area. I love yep. to get plugged in. Yeah. And so even weaning them off of our church, if they're going away, if they're going yeah. off to college somewhere in a different yeah. state, begin to weaning them off and saying, you know what? You are an adult now. There's another adult service that you can get plugged into and listen and gain a lot of knowledge from. How does that, what does that look like yeah. for us to sit down and say, hey, this second semester, we're going to look at the churches in the area that you're yeah. going to so you yeah. can get plugged in there. Yeah. yeah. Why hope that in the first 72 hours they find Christian community when you have an entire senior year to help you have them an find entire, yeah. There's on. no reason yes. to wait and hope on the yeah. 72 hours. Let's get them connected ahead of time. Let's yeah. let's show them what it looks like to give. I mean, that's practical, right? Like, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. when if you give when you don't have a lot, you'll give when you do have a lot. Yeah. You know, you'll mm -hmm. you'll simple. be selfish mm -hmm. now, and you'll be selfish late. Like, yeah. it's really simple. And so, I think there's there's just some really practical thoughts. It's not even necessarily things that they need to be doing, but just things that they should be thinking about mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. into their first semester of college. I think will help them win. But I love Crystal. You said getting small groups to start going to adult service mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. because if students aren't going away to college and they are still around, they're not going to be part of the student ministry. So they need mm -hmm. to have gotten in the habit and being comfortable and going mm -hmm. to an adult service and, yeah. and what that looks like. And the same is true for college campus ministries. Yeah. Like, especially if you have a number of students going to the same school and for a lot of communities, that's a local school. Mm -hmm. yep. There's nothing wrong with going senior year to one of the campus ministries and visiting yeah. for a lot of college oh, students. On. That's a lifesaver. Yeah. It was for me. And yeah. so I think a senior small group leader would do well to say, hey, let's go, let's go check out Wesley. Let's go check out BCM. Let's go check out Campus Crusade, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. that yep. campus ministry yeah. is. Okay, so we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, and there's no one thing that we can do to keep second semester seniors engaged, but I think if we could land on a couple of different action items for student pastors to do, I think that'd be super helpful. So I would love it if each of you could just give, what is your one thing that you would recommend youth pastors do? Crystal, you want to start? I think my one thing is for youth pastors and for small group leaders, emphasize that the meetings will be over soon, but the mm -hmm. relationship won't change. Mm -hmm. The relationship is permanent. So. Yeah. Really you can good. you can still see me as a mentor, as a friend, as a person who will be in your wedding one day because mm. our meetings are going to stop or they'll change times or it'll be different. Right. But not everything's changing. Yeah. 
That's good. good. Yeah, that's real good. I think I would say if it was the one thing, it was kind of like we talked about a little bit earlier, and that mm-hmm. is to fall in love with Jesus more mm-hmm. than the local church. Uh, you never know what comes with church. You don't. Sometimes we go in um, looking for something, looking for service to be a certain way, looking right. for the one pastor to speak a certain way. But honestly, it you know it's it's more about Jesus, yeah. and that's what it's all about. And I think if we set students up to love and fall in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, the local church will be a byproduct of that, and they'll find themselves longing for community at the yeah. local church. If they realize, hey, I'm here for Jesus, and that's where I get my source of, you know, encouragement, yeah. love, and comfort from. That's, that's really good. good. Um, I would just say as simple as have a plan, mm-hmm. and yeah, everyone's good. plan is going to look different because yep. everyone's in a different context. But I would have a plan that is specific to your seniors, a place that they know this is for me and for me only. I've been a part of this ministry mm-hmm. for six years now or three years now. I've experienced most of what the ministry has to offer, but there's one thing that's left that I haven't got to do, and it's whatever you've planned. Uh, And so if that's a Bible study, do a Bible study. If that's pulling them out during services, pull them out during services for five or six weeks. Uh, If that's, you know meeting them for coffee ahead of time and going, hey, we're going to meet every Monday at this coffee shop. Whatever it is, whatever plan works for your context, for your staffing model, for your volunteers, Mm -hmm. Um, but just having a plan that's specific to seniors, I think is a win. And would a good plan be to meet together and go through the book before you go? That is a (laughs) great plan. That's it. There it is. Well, this has been a super helpful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. We would love to keep this conversation going, so head on over to rethinkingym.org where you can find show notes and more information about Gerald's book. And you can find a link to our Facebook group on our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thank you for listening.